There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. I'm Sarah. This is the place where we deep dive into mysterious phenomena, mostly Yowies, aka the Australian Bigfoot, and other cryptids. We also investigate the paranormal realm, UFOs, and anything else kooky and spooky. We want to hear from you if you've seen a Yowie or any other strange entity and you want to share your experience with people who believe you and take you seriously. If you've seen or experienced anything kooky or spooky, get in touch with me at yowiecentral at gmail.com and you can share your story with me and with the Yowie Central listeners. If you're a bit shy and you're not sure that you want to come on the show but you really need to talk to someone about what happened to you or you simply want to share your story without your voice actually appearing on the show, get in touch with me and we can have a chat. Remember, you're not alone. We're here to listen and you can debrief with us. Far out. Can you believe it's almost Christmas again? Where did the year go? 
poof, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's whizzed by. Before we get stuck into our conversation today, I just wanted to remind you all that we've got a Yowie Central online shop up and running. You can find it on the Red Bubble website. That's Red Bubble. Jazz, regular guest on our show and Yowie Central's paranormal consultant, is also a gifted artist and she's created a dozen or so awesome designs, including a couple of Christmassy Yowie ones. So if you've been listening to the show and you'd love to support us, we would really appreciate that. You can buy T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, mouse pads or all sorts of things, lots of different kinds of products that you can buy with the Yowie Central logo or with Jazz's beautiful designs on them. We only make a couple of bucks on each product, but, but it all helps keep Yowie Central running. And a big thank you to longtime listener Wayne McMillan, who always posts really interesting stuff in the Facebook group and who gave Jazz a really cool idea for a T-shirt design. So she's created one with your idea, Wayne, and she's added it to the shop. Really appreciate your suggestion. If anyone else has other suggestions for designs they'd like to see in the shop, get in touch with me and I'll ask Jazz to create something for you. I also wanted to give a big, warm, fuzzy thank you to my support team. I call them the Yowie Central Engine Room. My Facebook admins, Jazz, Kaz, Gaz, that's Jasmine Winter, Karen Frost and Gary Lynn, and also Daz and Mark, who aren't admins but are a huge support to me behind the scenes. Another huge thank you goes out to all of you beautiful people out there who not only listen to my show but send me beautiful messages of support and encouragement. I read them all and they really mean the world to me. And finally, I'm so grateful to every single guest who has kindly shared their experience and ideas with all of us throughout the year. There wouldn't be a show without you. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. And last but not least, my beautiful Flyboy. Flyboy actually bankrolls this show, so we all have him to thank for making it possible. He also puts up with my tech-related temper tantrums and he always calmly and patiently fixes any problem that I have. I'm so grateful to him and I'm so grateful to all of you guys. You always have my back and it means so much to me. I really deeply appreciate it. If anyone's interested in the Mindspeak phenomena related to Yowie sightings, and I know there's a lot of you out there who are, I had a chat with the adorable Jay and Asper Cats of Anomalies Down Under, which you can find on their YouTube channel under that name. And I had a little chat with them about my own experiences over the last 12 months. I haven't shared a whole lot with you guys on the show. And it was actually kind of nice to get the chance to talk about a few of the things that have been happening with me. I posted a link to the show in the Facebook group. But if you're not in that, you can always find it by heading over to YouTube and searching for Anomalies Down Under. And I think they called the episode Beauty and the Beast. Today, I'm so excited to share with you a, a Yowie report from the Mount Disappointment area in central Victoria. Well, 
Well, actually, Daniel had three sightings and also a story that his dad related to him and then a UFO sighting from when Daniel was a child. So without further ado, let's jump into today's show. Here's Daniel. I'll start with that. Really, the beginning was I'd heard about them through my mum. And I thought they were when I was little, and I just thought they were scary stories. And you know, like um, she told me that, um, you know, like a truckie up in Queensland, you know, something jumped into his truck and ripped all cows apart, and just stuff like that. And I used to just think she told me scary stories when we would go camping. And then during COVID, I was not working and I was spending a lot of time doing sh- shit all, and um, I had started walking the dog at night because it was summer and I come across a camping and bushcraft guy who started talking about yowies because um, one of his videos that he did about bushcraft, someone with a pretty sharp ear noticed that there was like a really like in the background, he he noticed the, the whooping something making a whooping sound in the background and if you listen you watch the video you can actually hear the whoop whoop in the background and that kind of started me on the i found the ayr and then i i started listening to those to the ayr when i was doing my um my walks at night with the dog and so what i started to do was i started to there's all these in the town i live in which i won't say the name of but I live in okay. central Victoria and around my town, there's all these walking tracks that kind of start in town and they kind of go out into the bush a little bit and then come back around into town. And, and some of them actually do just go up into the bush and, and uh, near where I live, there's a mountain called Mount Piper, which is where I'm pretty sure where they hang out. Cause if you could see where, I'm looking at the mountains that like basically just a mountain with trees on it. And I'm pretty sure and there's all these old mine shafts because they used to, they used to be um gold mines and they had they forced them to stop because there's a very rare butterfly that lives on this mountain. When you look at it, it's a perfect place for them to hang out. Like it's got old mine shafts, it's completely bushed over. They can see and hear and they've got the high ground and if they're there, they've got every advantage you could possibly need to to keep off the radar, you know, plus food, kangaroos and all that. So I thought, okay, well, one of the tracks I was walking was actually really scary at night and I stopped walking it because I thought, eh, I might end up as, you know, I'm violating every rule I've been told about walking by yourself in the bush at night kind of thing. I'm literally violating every rule I've been told not to do by yourself. So I stopped doing that one. And, um, I never really had, like, for the first year or so, I was walking on these tracks. Not a great deal happened, um, honestly. For a long time, nothing really. I would walk the the same kind of tracks. Not much would happen. Um, sometimes I would hear things in the bush. But one thing I noticed was there was snapped trees. When I went down these paths at a couple of times and during the day there was snap trees and stuff everywhere and i'm you, you know like um the kind of ones that you know like uh, the eucalypts that are like say 
10 inches wide just snapped. Like, you can't tell me that's wind, you know. Anyway, that's how it, that, that, that's how it started. I became very, very, very interested in it. And also the Dogman stories from America, but I don't, you know, I'm not that into, I don't like to think about them too much. Um, but yeah, I listened to all the AOR stuff. And then me and my brother found a new track, right? Um, and I moved in with my brother. So I split up with my, my ex now. And um, now the, it, we would go for walks. And now what's happened is we found a new track, which it is a lot closer. So basically on the other side of this track, if you keep going, there's a creek. And if you go, if you keep going that way, it's just bushland and, and farms. So there's no towns or anything for ages. So there's this massive. So on the other side of this track, there's a massive area where they can, you know, I'm, <clears throat> you'll understand what I'm talking about soon when I think that they do a bit of a, a loop, like they kind of roam a general area around here. Because I remember um, there's a train track that I used to walk up. Um, one, one of my favourite stories of yours was the um, the guy that saw the Yowie behind the um, freight train. Oh, yeah. my, remember yeah. him? Yeah, yeah, that was I do. That's my favourite yeah. episode. He's a funny guy. He was lovely. That um, was um, uh, Jeffrey, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I thought when I started looking at my town, like I'm thinking these Yowies have been known to come pretty close to towns, even inside of them, and I thought, this, the town I live in would be quite easy to move around at night undetected. There's a lot of trees, there's train tracks, there's creeks. The town's split in two by a bridge. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of people, you know, like my, my other brother was like, ah, oh, you'll never see anything. Now, my old man actually had the first, he, he, um, Every now and then I used to go woodcutting in my teenage years and every now and then we'd be up there and it'd be very, very unsettling. There'd just be this mood in the air like, and my dad would be like, okay, I think we should probably work a bit quicker and get out of here today. <clears throat> and and I, I would also feel like, yeah, there's something weird going on and we would take the dog and the dog wouldn't, she would normally run off and sometimes she wouldn't, she would stay with us and she wouldn't, go anywhere and we would cut the wood and we, like I said, you would feel like you're not wanted in that area. So we would just cut the wood and go. Um, and I never had any idea that I was only a teenager. This is 20 years ago almost. Um, so I know all about the feelings and um, the tracks that I was walking, I wasn't really getting much feelings like that. I did a couple of times and one time on one of the tracks, it sounded like something rather large, slid down the creek and in, and fell over. And I was, I kind of like stopped and just kind of shined my torch in that area and just kind of left that area. Cause the sound like something massive fell down into like it slid down the side of the bank and it just, everything went dead quiet. And I was like, okay, that's a bit odd. So I just kind of tried to look and then I got a bit scared because I was by myself and I left. So, um, sorry, I got totally got sidetracked. My, my old man, he actually, when he was coming down the hill with a full load by himself, he said that one day a smallish monkey man ran across the road directly in front of his truck. And I'm like, what do you mean monkey man? He goes, it was like 
a little man, but like a monkey, like covered in hair, just ran across the road, probably about five foot tall. Like, hmm, that sounds like like the the description he gave me sound like a brown jack kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, that, that's really odd. Like, cause I was at that point, this is when I was investigating and I was talking to everyone in my family and friends that had had experiences. And my dad said, yeah, I saw this little monkey man run across the road. You know, he had long hair and, um, yeah, it was really weird. I'm like, oh, okay. And then my younger brother had an experience. He was, he, he would go out and party with his friends at a property that his friend owned. And I'll try and get through these, my family's ones quickly because they're not that as intense as the ones that I've seen. Now, um, on this property, which there's actually been quite a lot happened there, my younger brother, he, after a, a party weekend, um, he decided to stay out. There's a, on this property, there's a, what's called the Octo, which is a, it's a large octagonal, octagonal building, like a communal area with a fire in the middle. It's like a cabin, but it's open fronted. Like the, the front's open. It's got eight sides because it's an octagon. There's beds in there and a fire pit. And then there's on the other side, there's an area for preparing food and, and drinks and whatever. <clears throat> and, then if you go further up, the guy that owns the property, he has his own little cabin that he stays in sometimes. It's a proper, actual proper cabin. It's pretty manky in there. Like he's never really, it's, you know. Um, but my brother was staying in this octo thing by himself one night because he couldn't get a lift out until it's he, until my dad came and got him the next morning. He's like, that's all right. He would just, you know, have a sleep and sleep off the party, right? So he's laying there. And in the middle of the night, he's kind of woken up. And he said to me, his words were, he said, it sounded like a freight train on two legs went smashing down the hill on, so on the left-hand side. If you stand looking out the door on the left-hand side, there's bush on the left-hand side. And he said that it was like a freight train went, would come from the top of the hill, which is a couple hundred metres, come smashing down the hill and he got up and he went, hello? And it just stopped. Nothing. And he goes, it was the, he goes, it scared the shit out of me. He goes, it, it was, you know, it was like a freight train. And then when I called out, hello, nothing. He goes, I didn't know if it was a person, but he goes, because he, he doesn't, he, at that point, he had no idea what he, how he was until he talked to me. And then he, when I told him the size that they get to and all that, he's like, oh, well, that sounds exactly what because it was just he said it was he thought it might have been a person but he goes if a person was doing that he goes they would be covered it head to foot in scratches like it's bush like it's bush you know and something like a freight train was going through it and then it just totally stopped and that's all he had for that experience is he just kind of shined a torch around a bit and then he just kind of built up the fire a bit and just kind of he kind of just sat there and looking out the door, you know, which would probably, if I was in his shoes, I'd be like, you know. Um, <clears throat> and then, so he had that experience and there's nothing really more to that. He just said a freight train. And to me, that sounds like a yowie running down the, because um, uh, the guy that owns the property, I asked him about it and he'd said, yeah, I've had things bash on my cabin when I'm in there and all sorts 
And he said, he said the most interesting one was he was also laying down um, after a party weekend and he said he heard, oh, sorry, my brother's experience, he could hear the thump, 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 two legs. That's why I, th- it's, I think it was he, he, we both think it was a yowie because he heard, he thought it was a person because he could hear thump, 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 like a person running. What was the location? Uh, this is Mount Disappointment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is near where I live. That happened up there. And, yeah, he's, uh, there's a couple more. And he's the guy that owned the place. He said he was laying down and he just heard something go. He just heard thump, 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 something running down the hill but not through the trees. He didn't want the cleared bit. And then he it jumped onto the roof, bang, 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 bang. And then this this property is like basically in a valley. So the roof to the ground at the front is about eight to ten, eight foot maybe. But because it's built on a almost 90 degree angle from the back roof, from the the back end would be about double that, if not more. So whatever it is launched and landed and ran off up then ran up the creek because it was summer and the creek was empty. So it, And then it ran up the empty creek bed. So the ground was hard as well. So whatever's come running down the hill, it's jumped and landed at, at least a 15-foot, possibly more, drop and then run off up the creek. And the same thing, thump, 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 thump. It was like, like a kangaroo's not going to do that. Like... So that's his experience. And then there's another significant, this is the most significant one that I managed to get, was these two guys had stayed the same deal. They stayed there after a party. And what happened to them is one of them woke up and he, he saw two six-foot-tall or more. Um, he couldn't at first make out what they are, but he, he kind of nudged his friend awake and they were both looking at him and they said they, the, the, they, there was the, the fire had died right down to embers, but it was still smoking. And he said he could see the smoke. And then he, but he said the two, he thought they were like people f- at first, but then he noticed he could only see their outline and the outline was furry or hairy. And he was like most people who have never come across this, he's just, his brain is just having a total brain fart. Like, what the fuck? What is this? What am I looking like? He has no idea what he's looking at, except it's like a six-foot-tall person or something that is covered in hair or fur or something. And then he realized it wasn't a person because what's happened is both him and his friend are looking with their mouths open. Like, neither, neither of them made a noise as in the people that were watching, they were just totally dumbfounded. Like when they when they noticed the fur, the hair or fur, they were just, and the size, they said six foot and above. And then one of them, the what I presume was a yaoi, like I'm just going to have to presume because it's hairy, has turned around and looked right at him. And he said, you could see the smoke coming up. He could see the, the shape and it was definitely covered in hair. And then he said the thing that stood out was he had that had these massive eyes, like massive, 
And he goes, that was the only real detail I could make out because it's turned around, looked straight at him, and he got a look at the face, and it was like a human-ish face with these massive eyes, and then it's tapped the other one like we've been busted, and then both of them just ran out the door, and they took off up the hill. And this hill is it's a killer of a hill. Like you, you got to get to the top of it to get reception. It's called Reception Hill. We 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 call it Reception Hill, <laughs> um, and it's like a oh, ninety degree angle or more. It's just an absolute hike. And these things got to the. So I should these. I've got to stop calling them things. Um, these yelly bloke guys, whatever they got to the top <laughs> of this hill very you, very quickly. You can call them entities or beings or um, yowie people, they, yeah, yowie folk. <laughs> I think I think that well, the description he gave fits a yowie. So they were tall in... and six foot, and then the the way I've also heard multiple people say that their hair can sometimes like drink in the light, as in he goes, I couldn't make out many details except the shape and the hair and then the eyes and the face a little bit because he said the but he could clearly see the smoke between them which was very odd they were inside did you say yeah yeah so what what they were doing sorry i should have mentioned is they were basically going through the food that was on the bench so on one side you've got the beds and on the other side you've got the bench where food and drink is kept and they were kind of quietly going through the stuff. They've either not noticed or because he said they were probably around six foot, I'm thinking maybe some juveniles yeah. have, you know, kind of snuck in and curiosity's got the better of them. And maybe they're not from around here and they've kind of gone in to have a look and thought, oh, we'll just be quiet and not wake up the humans. I, I don't – I. This is a speculation. I don't know why they were in there, but he said when they had a look, a lot of the the food and stuff had been disturbed or eaten or taken or whatever, and and they'd also moved around some of the the stuff like um like the technology stuff, you know, um, speakers and phones and knickknacks and stuff. They'd disrupted because they, they had basically packed it up ready to go in the morning and then the hours have come along and disrupted all that. The what? way they've taken off up the hill so quickly fits with everything I've ever heard of how quickly they can go up a hill like old, old fire hands like that. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah, why, why? And we yeah. went up a hill so quickly that like that kind of makes me think um, this property, you know, and have you ever been to Mount Disappointment? No, I used to drive that road, or sorry, not that road, but I used to drive from uh, northern suburbs of Melbourne, from Northcote to Alexandra through along that Whittlesea, King Lake, yay, that road, Flowerdale. I used to drive that um, after the... Oh, Flowerdale, yeah, that's close. Yeah, Yeah. Flowerdale's right near where I am, yeah. So you know you know how thick the bush is around there. It's yes. a very you walk if you walk someone five meters into the bush and spin them around blindfolded, they're gonna get lost if they don't know what if they're from the city. They're Absolutely. not gonna know how to Yeah. And it's temp- it's temperate rainforest can, there. So it's yeah. It's pretty lush. It's, it's yeah, very thick, lush, temperate rainforest, like you said. Yeah. yeah. You can't just run through it like when we when we used to cut firewood, so 
we're near the Tallarook Ranges as well. And it's the same kind of thing. You need to cut your way into these places. You can't just on foot. It would take you so long and you would just, you know what I mean? Like you just, it's not possible to traverse through that bush at speed. So you said you could, your friends could see the smoke between the, where was the smoke coming from? So you've got, so if you look, if you look from a bird's eye view at the Octo, on so if you're walking into the octagon so you're facing inwards in right in the very middle is a fireplace because the roof there's a a a chimney thing that draws the the smoke up that's right in the middle on the right hand side there's um some mattresses and blankets and stuff and around the fire pit there's some couches and 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 um footrests and stuff to sit on and then on the other side, on your left, there's a bench, um, which goes, it's about 10 foot long. And that's um, just, it's just a bench and it's got, uh, you can put food in your eskies and stuff under it and whatever. And that's the food and drink bench. When... Also, the people that smoke pot, used they have it there, you know. They use, so what they do is they use the end of the bench at the far end because you might have kids running around, so they have that back end. They kind of have a little area at the back there where they smoke their dope or whatever. And, the adult, you know, the adults' corner. Yeah, the adults <laughs> doing their thing, and then because yeah. you have like, my, like I take my kids out there and I make sure that, hey, can you keep that stuff up? That like I don't want my little ones seeing that stuff yet, you know. And so that's up the back end, and I, I don't smoke pot personally. I quit many years ago. When well, then, when when was this? When did it happen? This is a couple of years ago. Um, they said it was a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. My brother's experience was maybe four, four, five years. He said he was seventeen, so that would be six years ago now. But he told me a couple of years ago. So during the COVID thing is when I'm gathering these stories. Before right. I'd had mine, basically, right. and this was the first one where I've I actually talked to people that had firsthand seen them. Me and my brother actually, we would we would stay out there, and we actually had an experience one night. And this is very odd. Some creature of I don't know. My brother, he's in denial. He thinks it was water hens. Some creature was screeching its head off one night. There's like there's um on you, when you come into this property, there's dams and stuff. And yeah, this creature was screaming, and me and my brother we were like, "What the? What is that?" So we shined our torch, and it stopped. And it sounded like it was about 100, about 50 metres away. And then it, we're like, okay, that was weird. We go we go back to doing things. You know, I've got my kids there, three of my kids there, you know, doing there. And then it sounds like it's gone up the hill a bit and it started screeching again. And it sounded like a, a woman being murdered. And it was screeching. And my brother's saying it's a water hen. I'm like, okay, but it, a water hen isn't big enough to make that noise. Like the noise sound like it was coming from something big. Like it had a bit of, like it was too loud to come from a little creature. We've thought, what on earth is that? So we've kind of walked out a bit and shined our torches again. And I mean, there's trees and stuff. And, and, we, and every time we shine the torch, stop. And then it's gone. And then we've, it's kind of gone up the hill. And then it's, so if you're at, we're in the octagon area. 
And then if you go straight out the front of the octagon up the hill, it sounded like it's gone up to the top of the hill and it started screeching. And I said to my brother, I said, stop, let's not do anything. Let's just let it go. Don't shine your torch. Don't yell out. Let's just see what happens. And it was making its way down, screeching and screeching and screeching. And where I thought it would be, I've shined my torch quickly, nothing, nothing there. And I've got like a floodlight, 2000 lumen floodlight torch. It shines up everything. Um, and I should have seen something, but it must have been, there is a, there's the cabin on the right side and then there's a dance floor on the other side, but it shouldn't. And then when we shine the torch again, it stopped. And then, but then it's done it again. And I said to my brother, I go, I've picked up a tomahawk, a hatchet. My brother's picked up a knife. And I said, all right, if it starts up again, let's let it get close. I've got a torch and, it's, and, a, and an axe. You grab a weapon as well. And let's just charge out and confront whatever the fuck this is. Because I've had enough of being screamed at. It's disturbing. The kids are terrified. You know, what is that? Well, it's just a bird, don't worry. You know, like, that doesn't sound like a bird, Dad. That's a bit loud. You know, they're, they're scared. I'm like, okay, well, we've got to either we've got to deal with this or we've got to leave, you know. And when we – it happened again, and it's done the same thing. It's coming down, and as it's gotten – it should have been about 20 to 30 metres away. My brother and I have turned the torch on and charged straight up the hill and we couldn't see anything, but I could hear rustling ahead of us, like something's escaping ahead of us. And we kind of got, we ran up about 20, 30 metres and stopped because I didn't want to get too far away from my kids. And I'm shining my torch. And the I saw from, it went from tree to tree to tree to tree, was um, blood red eyes that was small. <clears throat> that was small. I couldn't really make out. And it, it looked like a creature about maybe four to five, like a smallish, like compared to a yearly tiny, but it was like a smallish creature with blood red eyes. It went from tree to tree to tree. Then it, I think it's gone back up the hill. And I, I've, like, I've, I've made an involuntary squeal. Like that's how much it's like I squealed. Don't edit that out. I want people to know that I actually squealed <laughs> when I saw it. Like it was, <laughs> and I've my brother's grabbed the torch and he's trying to see it. And I'm like, man, it's gone up the hill. Let's go back down to the kids now. And we've gone back down there and I've said, okay, if we hear it again, we're packing up and leaving. And about half an hour later, we heard a scream behind. I thought, oh, God, no. And we started packing up, but then nothing. And I actually, I actually, we we decided to stay because after that, nothing. Like I think we've scared whatever it was because we come. Like I was, I was just screaming and yelling up the, you know, we're gonna fucking kill you. Like we're running up the hill at it, you know. I'm like, we've got to put the fear of God into this creature, okay? Like we've got to scare it off, or we have to leave. So, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we we heard one more scream behind the the octo octagon or the octo, and then. Nothing. And I, I stayed up until about 4.30, just keeping an eye on the door, well, the opening, and, yeah, nothing. So whatever it was, we scared the shit out of it. Right. I have no idea. I can't – I have no idea. It wasn't Yowie for sure. The eyes were – the eyes were evil. They were narrow, dark, I mean, blood-red, evil-looking little 
it wasn't an, I, I don't like it. I don't know what it was. And I would really like to speak to a first nations person about it to see what they can tell me. Cause I have no idea what it was. My brother's in denial. He's just like, it's a water hen. I'm like, yeah, right. Okay. So how, anyway. how high off the ground were the eyes? Oh, yeah, five foot maybe, maybe about five foot. Um, and yeah, <clears throat> it kind of, it kind of, it kind of went across the front of our vision, and then it's gone backwards facing us, and it must have turned around and gone like made its way slowly because we def I definitely heard it just like something was moving in front of us as we ran up the hill. I could hear stuff being disturbed, but I couldn't quite get my torch on it, which is a super bright torch. And it, yeah, that was very creepy. That's the most creeped out I've ever been. Yeah. And so um, with what shape were those eyes? Were they an almond shape or were they round? Um, they were, um, they were like a, a diamond shape, but they were inverted like you know like like in a cartoon when you got like an evil cartoon character the the eyes are like um like it's like angry almost like it's um frown like 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 so picture a diamond but they're it's um on an angle like it's angry or evil or it's up to no good or it's like you know making a face at this kind of thing like it was not a pleasant look at all and they were they were quite small compared to like they yeah they weren't very big but they were very they were bright red and yeah like i said diamond shape but they were up in a on an angle like angry angry frown evil i don't like you kind of thing you know it was very very disturbing like it's yeah it, it, <laughs> i don't blame yeah, you I've, I've never heard of anything like it, and I've listened to a lot of stories. Um, Did they blink at you? No. But it was probably from tree to tree to tree. It was about five to ten seconds, and then it's my brother's, like, where he was standing, he couldn't see it. And then when he grabbed the torch, I, I've noticed it go up, up, like, back away behind a tree and then that was it. Like I'm assuming it's turned or it is, is definitely an it has turned around and made a quiet, a quiet escape up the hill. Cause like I said, we were armed and dangerous and, you know, I think we scared this thing cause it was, there was this sound, this weird sound, like a squeaking sound as we were chasing it. I forgot to mention it made, it was making like a, like a squeaking kind of, yeah, but that, that was very disturbing. A, a, a vocalization. Yeah, but very faint. Like it was hard to tell. You had me and my brothers like making noise with our feet, and then we had this thing making. It was definitely going from bush to bush or whatever, because I could hear bushes being disturbed ahead of us. I could see bushes moving, but we just could not get eyes on until it kind of come across and then went back up the hill. And this hill is so steep, like, uh, and also in the back of my mind, I was like, we need to get back down to the kids, like, right now. So, yeah. Yeah, so so it's night time. What time of yep. night was it? Oh, shit, it would have been, it was almost bedtime, probably 11. 
Yeah, so it's, a, it's 11 o'clock a... or so, 10, 30, 10 to 11. My kids were laying down to go to sleep and me and my brother were just sitting there looking at the fire pretty much. We'd had dinner. We were just sitting around talking what, you know, brothers talk about, girls and parties and whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm 33 but he's 23, so. So there's lots of girls and lots of parties. <laughs> well, well, we're just talking about parties. We've been, we're just talking brotherly crap, you know. Well, you wouldn't know because you're not a boy, but we're just 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 <laughs> – just male chit chat, you know, yeah. just whatever. And then, yeah, it turned pretty sinister pretty quick, I'm telling you. How close to the Octo do you think it was before you went running out there? Oh, it was 20 to 30 metres. So if you go directly out, um, there's a bit of, there's a path that goes up and on the, it leads up to the cabin, which is just to the right a little bit. And then on the left, which is a bit bit more to the left, maybe five to ten metres off the path, there's another smaller building which has been levelled out, and that's like a, a, a stage dance floor kind of thing if they have a bigger party. And it was in between that, and that was about 20 to 30 metres. And we let I let it get as close as I thought. Like I thought it was pretty much in between the cabin and this dance floor, which would have made it from 20 to 25 metres away. And we've gone full bore up the hill, but, you know, we're humans and we're slow and I'm getting a bit tubby. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, you know, whatever it was, definitely got up quicker than us. And then, yeah, <clears throat> but it got pretty close like I don't understand why I kept coming so close like I don't understand um I don't know if it was observing us for a time I have no idea like it you know well that's what I was asking myself as you were telling the story was that what why was it calling attention to itself by screeching that close to where you all were yeah was it, communi- it was it communicating with another being or was it trying to yeah. get your attention to get you to come out? Um, That's what was going through my head. Once we come after the, after, after this, so it's the first one was like, that was weird. The second one was like, that's very weird. And then when it's gone, when it's coming down from the top of the hill, that's when my mind started going, is this thing trying to lure one of us out? Is this thing communicating with something that's behind us? Is it trying to um, is it trying to distract us so another one can get the kids? Is it so my mind was working. So that's why we've when we've gone running out, it's been full bore, we're gonna kill you, get away kind of thing. And the whole time we're we're going up the hill, I looked constantly kept looking back at the octagon, you know. Um, and I said to my kids, I said, if you see anything, scream as loud as you can. So um, we would come straight back. But we only we, we weren't far enough away for anything to get to them um, because we made sure they were right at the back. And, yeah, like, it. but I was exactly thinking what you were. Like, I didn't – is it trying to lure us out? Is it communicating – or is this creature just, is it stupid? I don't know. Like, um, is it making a mating call for all we know? I, like, it, but I think 
it was something sinister personally. That's just the feeling I got. And that you, you can usually rely on your gut yeah, to give you a feeling of when it, whether something's sinister or not, can't you? Yeah. My gut, like after it came down the hill the first time and I just shined my torch, that was when I picked up the hatchet. And I've got a little a little knife that I, I carry, a little pocket knife everywhere I go because it's just handy to, you know, have. Um, but my brother armed himself. He got a knife as well. I thought this is getting weird. So yeah, it definitely we would we felt like it was not friendly at all. And yeah. do you know if anyone who anyone else who stayed there has seen something similar? No, the couple of people I talked to about it seemed like ah, oh, it was probably this or it was probably that. Like it was a koala or a, it's like no, I've heard koalas. Like I live, I've. Yeah, so no, no one that I spoke to had seen anything like that. Um, we've got a few people that have had like the Yowie kind of stuff. Um, but one older guy said, uh, he goes, it doesn't surprise me. He goes, this place can get a little bit wild at night. He goes, I've been, I've had myself scared pretty badly out here by myself a couple of times. But he said, nothing's ever happened to me. He's just being scared, that's all. So, Look, it doesn't yeah. surprise me in that area. I always wondered when I was driving backwards and forwards every day through King oh, Lake yeah. and Flowerdale, I always used oh, to yeah. wonder, there's got to be Yowies around here for sure. Absolutely. It's this it, is too good. It's just too, the, with, especially with the amount of kangaroos and food that they can hunt, like it's just too good for them not to, live there you know um i mean i'm not an expert but if if i wanted to live somewhere then yeah there's a lot of game there's a lot of water there's a lot of shelter there's yeah. lots to hide behind yeah uh, it, it, there's lots of big big trees um yeah. very tall mountain ash and and lots of lots of uh ground cover as well lots of ferns yep. uh, exactly. lots of bracken yeah bracken it's, exactly they can just duck down there's just so much you know um yeah, food. Yeah, the 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 yeah, exactly what you said. Um, speaking of which, on this property, there's two two dams. One of them they swim in, and that one is that one filters out to a creek. And then there's a big bigger dam right at the back, and there's game trails leading to and from that. And I was inspecting one, and I'm pretty sure I found Yowie tracks going up the hill because I I found. I noticed a track and I was looking at it and it looked like the front half of a, cause it's all very steep. You know, when you're walking up a hill and you, you, you use the front half of your foot. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me, but it was much bigger than my foot. It looked like the front half of a foot with toes going up straight up the hill and like it. Um, and there was, it was when I, I, I couldn't actually, I looked for the next track and found it and I couldn't actually, I, I couldn't reach my leg far enough to even get to it with my own legs. I'm just under six foot, around the six foot mark. And I couldn't, so something much bigger than me has taken steps. It looked like to me, I can't say for certain, but yeah. So that was up a game trail. So yeah, that's something I picked out on my own because I was just having a look and, 
just noticed it kind of thing. Yeah, so, and I mean, broken trees and stuff everywhere, you know, this, it's clear that this place gets visited, you know. So that's about it for that little spot. Very interesting to kind of think of what kind of entity yeah. that might have been. Brownjack is, be is a possibility for sure. Yeah. Well, I was wondering what you would make of um, the the um, the drinking in of the light with, you know, the one with um, where they were looking across like with the fire. It was down to like embers, but it was still kind of, he said it should have been bright enough to see like if it was a person, you would have been able to see their skin kind of thing. So I was wondering what you, how much you've heard about the their hair like drinking in the light, so to speak. Drink, oh. I don't know if drinking's the right word. Their light is like is their hair or fur okay. does that like disperse light or something, you know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to think of whether I can add anything about that creature. I, I guess because you didn't see it, it's very hard to know exactly what it was. It does sound like would, a brown jack, but it might not have been shape. Yeah. Humanoid shape. There and are, now that you mention it, brown jacks do like to fuck with you, don't they? Well, they have that reputation. They, they do like yes. to. Yes. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but they. I've just know, now that you mention it, they have been known to be almost nasty. I've heard. Yeah. So that yep. does actually make a bit of sense, and the ability to hide and move so quickly that makes a lot of sense now. I never thought of a brown jack because I was thinking the eyes were only about five foot off the ground and they were very narrow and, and evil looking. So I haven't come across any brown jacks myself, although I did. I was with some friends not that long ago and, and a friend of mine who actually has this incredible ability to sense and feel other entities said, we've got Two, there's, a, there's a handful of brown jacks around us right now. And I was like, really? Oh, my God. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. But but I, I couldn't see them. I, I don't quite have that that ability that, that uh, he has to, to sense things. But they do they do have a reputation of being very mischievous. They do have a reputation of wanting to fuck with you. Yes. But, but that makes why, a lot of sense. But why would they? Like what had you done to, <laughs> to make them want to do that? Like you're just sitting in your... Unless well, unless the Octo House is smack bang in the middle of, uh, and you know, an, a ley line or a, or a portal, maybe there's a portal um, right near there, and they're all coming out there. Possibly the thing is, it's not it's not occupied all the time. Um, the guy that owns the place will come out there and stay there for a bit, and then go back to the city. So it can it can be one or two months at a time between people being there and there's never well, that, as far as i know there's never been any damage that's inexplicable really? so me yeah. and my brother going out there on weekends with my kids like we just started doing it as a thing just to get out so i'm thinking that something that it's just a perfect storm like perhaps he's just moving through the area noticed that there's oh someone's here let's go have some fun because i'm bored that's that's my that's all I can think of is they um, pass through there on a regular basis and one of this one of them is you know um, because I've heard of an an elder um, assigning a brown jack to a young Aboriginal man as a guide so yes who knows what they I don't know anything much I don't really know much about them but the trickster side of it 
I'm pretty sure it was just because we were there. On on my show a couple of years back now, we had Joel on the show. Uh, he was on maybe two or three episodes, and he was talking about he had his own brown jack spirit that was gifted to yeah, him. Yeah, that might be that um, might be where I heard it. Yeah, yeah. So it could also be if if there's no one staying in that home in that that house very often, um, they've got kind of free free range That's, free yeah, sorry right, free reign exactly, of the property. Yeah. Maybe yep. when people all of a sudden there are humans, they maybe consider it their space and they're like, what, yeah. are, you, what are you doing here? And maybe they're a little bit annoyed yeah. by that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if there's a party happening, obviously they're not going to. But, you know, like these incidents happening, maybe because it's post-party, the people that have had experiences have had them because the local maybe – because I have this theory that they they range like they they have like a range that they kind of you'll understand why when I explain my own experiences, but they have like a bit of a range that they cover over maybe it's for some it might be their range might be a couple of days, some of them might have a range that it takes them a week to get around, but yeah, I'm thinking that the locals come back into habituate the area, and if there's someone there. Um, they might not notice them, or in the case of me and my brother, they've decided to screw with us. Because um, the two that the people saw, maybe the Yowies have thought, okay, everyone's gone. Let's have a look in there and see what they've left. Maybe they take food or stuff that gets left behind after parties. Like, you never know. So that might be why they come in, is they think everyone's gone and, nope, no, someone's here, shit. Unfortunately, we've had an encounter with something that's less than, well, scary. Maybe it's running up the hill laughing. You know, we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Why don't you tell me about your your Yowie experience? Okay, so... That starts with, so I explained how I got onto the topic during COVID, nothing to do with walking my dogs. I come, I come across AYR, very interesting. Um, and then I started to notice when I was walking, I started to notice tracks went out of town through the bush. And on my own, nothing really happened. And I moved, but then I moved in with my older brother a couple of years ago. And... We started about a year, uh, maybe a year ago. 
Uh, time goes so quick. Like I couldn't say probably about a year ago, maybe over the problem. No, sorry. Probably over the summer when it got a bit nicer. So the end of last winter. So around this time last year, maybe a bit later, we've started, we found a new track that goes right down into some bush that I used to actually friend me and my friends used to go in there and have a drink and have a fire because it's bushland, so we would just go in there and in winter and have a fire and drink around it. But I noticed there was a walking track. So, okay, so we started going down there, and I noticed a ton of yowie sign, like snap trees, um, branches across the path that weren't there the night before, uh, trees being pushed over. Um, and where this, where the trees start, it backs onto – so there's a baseball field. And then there's about 30 metres by about 100 metres of grass. And then there's the, the trees start, which um, – and the, the track we go on starts <clears> – <throat> it starts – so there's a school and it, the track starts at the corner of the back of the school and it goes into the bushland and it goes right around behind into the bushland. So there's the baseball field, then there's bushland. And everything from where the trees start at where the baseball thing is, everything from there on out is bushland and farmland. And that's if you go straight across the town in a straight line, basically that where the creek is, everything on the other side of the creek is bushland and private property. So we started, what we started doing is I heard that because I saw all this yellow sign, I said to me, brother, I said, why don't we start leaving food? Because apparently that's something, you know, gifting is a way of, you know, I keep getting creepy, creepy feelings in here, so let's let's leave some food and see how we go. So we we, we left some, uh, I think it was peanuts the first time. We um, just left a, a bag of peanuts, um, which took about a week to disappear. And they disappeared, and the bag, if if a possum got to it, the bag would be ripped up, you know, um, and it wasn't. The bag was just empty, and there was, it looked in the bottom of the bag, it looked like something had scraped them out, and there was a tiny, a couple of tiny uh, rips down the bottom, like fingernails had scratched it because um, the damage came from within, and it looked like something had just, reached in with some fingers, scraped it out and eaten it. It's only a Ziploc bag. So, you know, uh, maybe half a kilo or less of peanuts. So that's how we kind of, and then it became pretty much every second night. Well, it was, you know, almost every time we went down there for a walk, because um, my kids a lot, we don't always, you know, want to take a three-year-old down there. So at night, but um, at pretty much every time we went down there, and um, the first kind of thing that happened was usually I'd just I would stand there and shine the torch, and my brother would hang it up. We we were hanging it up on a tree, so you couldn't see it from the track, so no one no one walking the track, other people would see it and mess with it. And um, so I'm standing there with the torch usually, and this time my brother gave me the bag, and he said I got to take a piss. He goes, you you hang it up, and I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna. So he's walked in, and 
I've started hanging up the bag, and as I'm hanging it up, all of a sudden my brother just comes sprinting out, going, run. I'm like, what? He's, he just grabs me. He's just like, let's go, move, run now. I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on? So we've kind of, you know, got going along the track, and I'm like, what is happening? And he, I, and he goes, there was something in there that took off when I went to take it, when, um, when, when, I, when I went to go to the loo. He goes, I was walking in, and as I was about to pull my thing out, I've something has taken off, and and I've heard a big kerfuffle, my brother coming running out, but I don't, you know, and he said something was there, and it took off running as he was taking, he was going to try and go to the toilet. So I think what's happened there is the, something is waiting, because it's bushland, uh, you know, five metres away, you know, it's so thick that you can literally just sit there and wait for us to put the food in and then get the food straight away, you know, like first in line. And um, my brother was dead certain something massive was in there and I, I could hear a massive kerfuffle and it sounded like more than just my brother running back. So that was the first thing that happened that was my brother going, I something very big was there and it took off and made us, and I'm like, yeah, I, I heard the, disturbance i didn't see anything so that's a potential one but i i don't doubt my brother you know i take him at his word so i think about we kept doing the food thing for quite a few months and we quite often we would have sticks and stones land on the path in front of us and sometimes every now and then we would get hit by little little pebbles and stuff like that you know, we're walking on a track and you look up and there's no no tree above you, so it's not a tree, whatever, falling on you. Um, something's throwing things at you, which I've heard is something they, if they throw little things, I've heard they, that means they like you, I've heard. Like, that's just something, I've, I don't know if that's true, but it seems pretty innocuous, to, you know, small little sticks and twigs. And that was a regular thing. And and freshly broken trees was another thing that kept happening. Um, anyway, our first proper experience where we could definitely confirm we saw something, and trust me, the first time is just, it's imprinted into your memory like you would not believe. At the back of the baseball field, there is a, a bench for sitting on. I'm assuming to watch the baseball when it's on. So what we would do some nights when we come out, this track, you can either take a left turn and a left turn and it, it, the track takes you out to a road or you can just go to the right and it takes you around back to the baseball field. And just depending on the feeling we were getting on the night, we would sometimes we would get a bad feeling and not go to the left. We would just come out and we would go sit on the, um, on the seat and see if we could hear anything, because my brother has got much better hearing than me. I went to a lot of music festivals, and my hearing screwed, but my brother kept saying he was hearing things. But uh, one night, I was just sitting there vaping, and this is the experience night, and he's just he's got his torches, and it's bright, but he can, he can focus his, and he's scanning along the thing, and he's gone. I've gone, stop. And he's like, what? And I'm like, go back, go back, go back, stop. and I'm got we've both just gone no way we're still like literally between two trees we've got this so 
it we could see shoulders, head, shoulder, and I'm. We went the next the next day during the day we went there, but we could clearly see because the trees at night actually uh, there was the moon behind us for a start, and the trees. It's when you're going from tree to tree, it's the trees are actually quite bright in the moonlight and the torchlight. They actually reflect quite a lot of light. And between them is, it's darkness, but it's not black, especially when the moon's out. Now, my brother's gone past it and it's totally black. And once we had the spot, once we had it on it, shoulders, head, shoulder. Now, my torch, which it's a floodlight, but I accidentally turned, I was fiddling with it and accidentally turned it blue. And I don't know how to make it not blue, but I've shined my torch. And when, I, when I've done that, it clear as day, the big guy has taken one step to the side behind the tree and put his arm around it. And me and my, we almost fell off our seat. Like we were just, oh my God, it's, it's an actual, we, we will, oh, I'm not going to repeat the language because I, one, I don't remember. It was just, I don't know. Like it, the, the sight of seeing it going, is that what I think it is? And then the movement like to the side and hugging the tree, we could clearly see the arm around the tree because the trees are quite bright. And then next minute, and we could still see the shoulders. And then we, we like, Oh my God, what like F words in between. And He's kind of poked his head around or look at us again. We didn't see any eyes, which was strange. He may have been, I don't know, but we didn't we didn't see any eyes. But it was definitely a black creature jump behind the tree. And we've seen the head come out a couple of times. And we've kind of just got up and and backed away slowly. Well, by slowly, I mean we're like, okay all right, I think we should probably get out of here because, you know, he's hiding and maybe he doesn't want to be seen, so let's get out of here. And we walked backwards and we could not shut up all night about what we had seen. We'd both seen the same thing and, yeah, it was clear as day. Well, it was nighttime. But um, <laughs> my, my my super bright torch leaves nothing to the imagination and, yeah, we it was because it, if you look at night, you can see tree and it's dark but it's not black and when you see black and then you see the shape and then that shape jumps to the side it wasn't a slow movement it was a fast movement so that's why i'm thinking it wasn't the moon doing this it wasn't some interference it wasn't nothing got between us and the like it was just us looking right at him and he's jumped behind a tree and i've also heard that happens a lot too they jump behind a tree and even though you can see these massive shoulders, you know, they're like, you can't see me. It's like, you, you're right there, mate. Like <laughs> you may, when we got home and we, you know, we felt safe. Um, yeah, that was absolutely crazy. How far away was the, what you think was a Yowie from you? It was, um, we went in there the next day and he was uh, probably about 40 metres, I would say. Okay. 40 meters. Yep. Well, that, that was, it took me about you know, 40 steps or so to get to where he was. And another thing I forgot to mention the next day was I thought he was a little, little bit like short, but the next day I didn't, what I didn't realize is 
where he was, where, where the trees start, it is, there's, a, there's actually a decline of about 45 degrees. So I thought he was about six foot, but by the time we got to his tree, because could, I could see his arms on either side, I could see the arms coming down at first, and they were like, at, so, um, and there's, there's grass there that comes up to my chest. Yeah, and, and, and it, plus it's on an angle. So we're seeing, basically we're seeing from his, maybe his knees or waist or probably, yeah, probably his knees. So you've got another, yeah, he would have been about eight, he would have been up around the nine foot range or more possible, I reckon, after we figured out it was on, he was on a d incline and there was grass that we didn't know was so tall. So yeah, 40 40 to 50 meters, and yeah, he he was a big he was a big boy. He was big, big boy. The, the, yeah, the trees that the distance, like he filled up this distance, and it would have been a full meter across the shoulders at least. It, he was a big, big boy. Like once we figured all that out, how far away he was, plus the incline, plus the grass, we thought I was like, oh my god, he was massive. You know, yeah, and um, because right. I remember the branch was just below his head, and I'm looking up at it, going, "Holy shit!" He was huge. Like, there's no mistaking what it was. Now that he was massive, like that wasn't a trick of the light. So you were in a clearing, and there's no other trees between you and where the Yowie was standing. No, it's um, over time they've cleared it for the baseball field, and over time where the trees start, it, they, um, they, they, the council clears that out because um, of fire hazard. We almost, we almost got burnt down in Black Saturday. Very scary. Terrifying, actually. Um, so how we, the council clears a lot of the, so it was, it was, no, there was grass, which is about chest high on me, a little bit of scrub and, you know, some branches are down, but not much. So it was pretty clear, like, from his, what we saw, there was nothing between us. It was, we like, directly looking directly at him, yeah. How tall are you? I, I'm just, un, just under six foot. I'm about five, ten or eleven. Okay. So do you think when you, when you first noticed this dark shape there between the trees or on both yep. sides of the tree... Uh, yep. Was it moving at all, or was it standing still? Uh, statue, like, yeah, he was in. Um, he, like, I, th I get the impression he was a lookout, and he was standing stock still, wouldn't, wasn't moving a muscle, and he didn't. My brother had the torch on him for maybe thirty seconds, and mm. I went, mm. and then when I put mine on it, then he moved. So with um, with, so, the, with the torch on the being, could you make out um, hair and the colour of the hair and the skin? Um, no, we couldn't make out because it was about you know fifty meters, forty to fifty meters is quite a distance. Um, to uh, I noticed, I could see the shape of him clearly, and I could see that the shape was. He was hairy, but as as for facial details and all that, I could see the arms, like a little um, bit of. So he was like his fur would have had to his hair, sorry, or 
would have had to have been dark, dark, dark brown or black. I'm thinking black because I could see between his arm and his body. I could notice that. So he had massive shoulders and I could see the arm between the body. Um, and that's why I kind of got tripped out a little because I'm thinking he should be way bigger than, than what I saw and in the next day, obviously. So, um, yeah, I could make out his arms were very long and the outline was fuzzy. So that would be, would be the hair I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you couldn't, and you couldn't see any eyes or eye shine reflected in the torch? No, no. Um, as soon as my big one went on him, he moved. So, cause my brother's torch isn't very bright. Um, I mean, I don't know. He may have been looking away so we couldn't see his eyes. Um, I'm not sure because he definitely didn't want to be seen. He definitely wanted to hide. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure once we started backing away, he's dropped down under the grass level because when we should have been able to see him from the other side as we are backing away, we couldn't. So I'm pretty sure he's dropped to not be seen after we've backed away. So I'm thinking... I was just, I find it fascinating and it's something that is reported now, uh, reported quite a lot, is the arms wrapped around the tree trunk. Uh, And I'm thinking perhaps when you're a really wide being, when you've got shoulders like an axe handle, uh, that that you perhaps, and the trees aren't wide enough to cover you, maybe the wrapping the arm around the tree trunk uh, camouflages the arms more than if they were dangling down by the sides? Yeah. I th- um, the funny thing is I think during the day it would actually work, but at night it's because it's reduced to, like I reckon during the day if we had been looking, I reckon we wouldn't have seen him during yep. the day, Yep. Um, honestly, but because it was at night and it was everything's reduced to various shades of grey and black. That's why we were able to see him. And I think he, during the day, if he had been hugging the tree during the day, head behind it, we wouldn't have noticed him for sure. He would have been. And the grass is also, um, you'll, the, you'll understand after the, we, since I first messaged you, we had another experience, which. It's all right. You can tell me about that in a sec. I'll just make sure yeah. we've run through all the questions that I yeah, can yeah, think of yeah. about this one. So did you get a, did you get a chance to see the hands or the fingers? No, no. Um, that's um, well. We saw his arms, and I'm. We could. I'm. We could see down to his knees. So I'm. Um, honestly, I the, the adrenaline hit me so hard. It it's hard to recall exactly what I saw, except like the, but. Um, yeah, the arms were very long. They were down way past his waist. Um, very long, very thick arms, you know. Um, he was filling the gap between these two trees and they were a fair way apart. And, yeah, he's um, – he, yeah, so the arms were quite thick and they were down to his – well, well past his waist. Yeah. Yeah, at and- least to his knees, I would say. What shape was the head? Yeah, it was a cone. That's what got me. It was a cone. Yep, that was the. That's what. That's what stood out 
and that's what got me to go oi go back was the, the the head the cone shape was what got me that's what that's the thing that i noticed was was out of place the most was the cone head and then yeah when I, my brother put his torch back i was like oh yeah and then when i put mine on it yeah it was a cone shape that's what initially got my went hey hold on what was that was the the head poking up from the shoulders the the shape was all i can say is i listen to a lot of encounters and it's like the classic shape that you that gets reported over and over mad big you know eight to ten foot built like a brick shit house no no neck just the cone shape and well, no eyes which is weird but- i don't and it is weird, but I suspect perhaps he had his eyes closed so as to not reflect your light. Yeah, well, my torch is really, really bright. So it may have, like, if if, if I was shining my torch in your eyes at that distance, you would probably look away too. Like, it is a very bright torch. So maybe he did look away because um, it was that bright and he just went behind the tree. Yeah. Um. So... So what did you – so after – you've got adrenaline pumping through your system, you oh, and your brother. yeah. Well, what did you well, do then? Yeah. What, what happened then? We, we walked backwards. Well, my brother was kind of walking – he was kind of walking halfway forwards and half like – we were basically sidewalking, just looking backwards with my torch. And then you get to and uh, we went back onto the – we went – on an angle back onto the path that goes past the baseball diamond, like the side of it. So we were at the back of the baseball diamond and we went directly on an angle to the side, uh, the back corner and then up the path that goes back into straight back into town. And we didn't stop looking backwards until we were well up that path. And we didn't really say anything until we got into the car park of this um the basketball stadium that's also nearby but we didn't say anything like it was we were we were like blubbering basically like we did i didn't i didn't know what yeah it's one of those things that like you can it's it's what i saw was burned into my mind but like what i said or whatever i did i can't remember like it just was just variations of what was that? Did you see? Did you see him? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He put his arm around the tree. Did you see it? Like, yeah, I saw that. So basically, we were just like going over the details of one another. Like, did you see this and that? And he's like, yeah, I saw the head. And yeah. Um, did you so, get a did he, did you get a a feel for whether the being that you saw was male or female you're calling him a he so i'm assuming it's definitely yeah it it was a male yeah for sure um i mean i can't like i didn't see his um organs but um the shape was um very much a male shape um because i but it could have i mean it could have been a female i don't know but um you would think if it was a lookout and it's a I get the impression um, they're a family group, and I, I'm just thinking this guy's a lookout, and yeah, but definitely I'm, th- I'm pretty much certain it was a he. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. This is the shape and size. I have heard the females are a bit smaller and a bit more of a different shape, but who knows? You know, I don't. I couldn't. 
I'm not an, I'm not an expert, so I just think it was a he. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there was there was way too much adrenaline going on for any like I couldn't get a, a like whether he was angry, frightened. I don't. The way he jumped behind the tree was like he was embarrassed, but I don't know. I couldn't. Normally, me and my brother, we are very sensitive to energy. Just as a family, we are. So we 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 had way too much adrenaline to get any kind of feel um, for what he was feeling towards us. Yeah, that's fair enough too. Fair Unfortunately, enough. Be, no. Well, yeah, you'd be in shock, and it's really it oh, is yeah. really hard under those circumstances to remember all the details, isn't it? It is like shock because yeah. um, it's basically if he ran out of the trees to kill us, we would. Like you've just been knocked off the top of the food chain, and even though I've listened to stories and I believe people, it's nothing compared to the shock when you actually find out you're not. The, he could have killed us at any point of the walk we go on every night. He could he could just step out and snap both our necks without any help, without any, without any effort at all, and that's a very humbling feeling when you get all that. Like it's yeah. Yeah, for sure. Pretty and pretty intense getting knocked off the top of the food chain. Yeah, um, yeah, I can totally understand why you would mm. feel like that. And so, have you kept walking in the same area since then? This is a year ago. Yep. 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 So, because we didn't get a bad feeling, we didn't go back for a little while, for maybe a week, and then we thought, "Well, I want to go." Well, we went down during the day, and we got a good look of the whole area during the day, and we actually. Should have mentioned this. We actually found um, in the tall grass we could see where it had been disturbed, like pushed down, and that we thought we found what we thought were footsteps. And then there was like a flat patch where I think he was after we he was hunkered down after we because we get because we as we walked away we still had the torch. I'm pretty sure when he's seen us like not really looking, he's just gone down and laid flat and we actually I think we actually found that spot the tree and the spot um so he was yeah I'm pretty sure he hunkered down as we left because we couldn't see him after and I thought we should have been able to but we couldn't yeah he would have he would have hidden from yeah, you he was he was still behind the, like I knew which tree he was behind and then all of a sudden he wasn't so I'm thinking he's gone down into the grass well, that's really cool, but you haven't, and you haven't had any further experiences in that area. Oh yeah, yeah, we have. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this this is a hot spot. This little spot here, like I'm willing to, if you ever come down here, I'm willing to take you here. It this place, um, all that time I was walking on the other side of town, nothing. This place has been nothing but, like I said, we'd already had little rocks and twigs and stuff. Um, oh, what we actually did. Um, about a week later, I thought, hmm, I've heard they have, an, they have a reaction with fire. And at the time, it was still wet enough. So we took a a, a, a a soup pot, right, a big massive soup pot. We took that down there and some water, and I started a fire in it, and I broke up some bigger ones, and it was – at night, it was still very cold at that point, you know. Um so these oh, these experiences, sorry, happened at, towards the start of winter. So a few months ago, when I initially messaged you. So earlier this year, after that first one, it was 
wet enough to have a fire. So we, I've started the fire and my brother was sitting on a log across the track because he wanted to do his, he likes to close his eyes and just like focus on feelings and vibrations or whatever, which I believe in. And I was focusing on the fire and um, I got it going nice and, you know, it was nice and warm and I sat down with my back to the tree and within about 30 seconds, there would have been half a dozen little twigs and sticks thrown. I could see them come out of the bush and land near the fire. I'm like, oh, okay. So I've got up and I've kind of put more wood in the fire. I thought, okay. And I'm sitting there and my brother goes, oh, and he'd been hit by a bigger, a larger, not a branch, but like a bigger, he goes, something just hit me. I go, what do you mean? He goes, like a, like a branch hit me. I'm like, oh, okay. And, and he come over and I was, when I sat down with my back to the tree again, it started up again. All the sticks started to come out. I'm thinking, okay, I didn't know whether they wanted the fire out or they wanted the fire to themselves. But I'm right behind us is this weird little dam. It's private property. And there's just this tiny, like 10 by 20 meter dam. This is really weird. But um, I basically just, emptied the water into the pot and then put emptied the pot into the water and then we I just hung the pot up on a tree and we just left because I didn't know whether they were they wanted the fire or they were angry that we had started it but they were because my brother had a larger kind of stick thrown at him and the like the sticks coming at me were like just non-stop so we just left and then we didn't do that again. Um, they either, yeah, they either wanted it or they wanted it out. I couldn't be sure. So we just didn't do it again. Right. I thought about it, but I thought, no, no, I can't be certain what they were trying to say. Because they were, they were definitely there. That brought them in like flies to fire, basically. So <laughs> um, now the next experience happened. We, after the fire, we, the following week we started leaving food again we just went back to that and our second experience happened in the same place pretty much we went and sat on the bench um i have a, I have a bad back as well so sometimes i just want to sit down and my brother's shining his torch around again that <laughs> his bloody torch and then yet again i've gone stop I go, I go, go back, 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 stop, back the other way, and stop now. Now this one with this this big fella was he was lowering himself down into the spider position. We could see it pretty clearly because it was almost full moon. And I won't go through the whole. Like I've just been through the where this is basically in the exact same position. Maybe he was. I think it was maybe a bit more to the left from or our left his right so on the other side of the tree that but yeah this one we saw him and he lowered himself down into the um he was lowering down into that spider position which i find terrifying <laughs> and um I've, i'm like okay that's disturbing but because we've already seen one we didn't get that massive shock of adrenaline we did a little bit but not as much I thought, okay, 
and I've shined my torch. I'm like, okay, he's lowering himself down. And I've kind of slowly panned with my torch. And then I've, I haven't seen anything. And then I've kind of looked. So directly to my left, you've got your, that's your 90 degree angle is to your left, direct to my left. And I went a little bit further. I leaned out a little bit and a little bit further out, there was another one coming up from my left and he was actually slowly moving towards us. Like, like I looked around and actually busted him walking and I was like, Oop, I said to my brother, I'm like, get up, let's go down. There's one of them over, there's one over to our side and there's another one in front of us that was lowering him. Like, so the first one, it was like, Oh shit, I've been seen. And he jumped behind a tree. This one, you've got one, you've got him lowering himself down despite a position. And then I've had a, look to the right and then there's another one flanking us and I thought this isn't good we should probably you know get going here I don't like this at all um wasn't I didn't get um this is the thing me and my brother our whole family really are really tuned into if you know vibration and that like I said with my dad and the firewood collecting we could tell when we weren't wanted it wasn't like we weren't wanted but it was kind of like they might have been annoyed that we kept looking for them is what I'm thinking. Like, that's the kind of impression, like, stop looking for us. Like, we, you know we're here. You don't need to keep, you know, just leave the food and let's be friends from a distance kind of thing is how I felt, really. But, yeah, we got out of there after that one. We just turned off the torches and left. I just said to my brother, I'm like, um, he's got a learning disability, so he leans on me a lot for direction, my brother. Um, <clears throat> so he's just said, what should we do? And I just, he goes, he, he, he was actually a little bit frightened as well by the, how it was lowering itself. He was lowering himself down, um, to below the grass level. And that was, that frightened us both. Um, so we both left and I just thought, okay, let's just turn our torches off and walk and just, we'll just have a look behind us every now and then, but let's just walk slowly away and just, you know, we'll just we'll come back in a couple of days and leave more food and just we'll leave this alone. And I thought that was, you know, that was not long after that I messaged you, I'm pretty sure. I'm just trying to think if we had any more. Um, oh, before you yeah. move, before you move on, I'd like to ask some questions about that one. Yes. So, so the first the first being that you saw lowering itself down into the spider position. Tell me yep. exactly what you could see. Well, it was almost identical to the first sighting, um, the, sh the head shape and size, and except once the torch, he was all the, one, he was already moving as the torch hit him. That's what I noticed. Um, so he was already expecting the torch to come. So he was already lowering himself down, and he would have been at about waist height. So well, I've only got seen, basically, when the torches hit him, we've seen the shoulders, the cone head, and the shoulders. We noted when we first saw him, he we could see part of his body, along with his shoulders and his head, and he was moving as the torch got him. And then I shined my bright one again, and he started moving down quicker. I've gone, oh, okay. 
Um, that's what stuck out. And the the scan to my left was actually pretty quick. I've just kind of gone, uh, did, like, it was slow but quick, you know what I mean? Like, I, I wanted to just see if there was anything there, but I wasn't going, I was kind of like just having a quick, all uh, right, and then done. But then I leaned out and looked, and there was one, he was kind of behind us to the left, and that's what I've kind of, you know, because I would have liked to have put the torch track on the one that was lowering down and just kind of stood up and walked backwards a little and tried to have a more longer encounter, I guess. My brother was freaked out by the spider thing, but I actually wanted to extend it. But when I saw the other one, you know, kind of encroaching from the left, he was he was very clear. Like, he must have thought, okay, they're focusing on him. I can move freely. Um, and that's when I thought, okay, we need to just, we just turn our torches off and left. And I was actually a little bit freaked out by that one, to be honest. Yeah. So could but, you, um, could yeah. you see, um, you, you're saying it dropped into a spider position. Could you see yeah. it, see it actually in the spider position? No. So what's, what's, as we've, we've, as we've come back with the torch to the, so the torch has gone around to the side. I've seen him and thought, oh, shit, okay, I need to go. And then I've gone back to the one in front, and then I, I could see the sh- I could only see the shoulders and the head disappearing into the grass. So we've just up and gone after that. So How tall was uh, the grass? No, the grass is chest height on me. So uh, it's about five, maybe so from chest. Well, how far would you say from chest to head? I don't know. It's chest height on me plus incline. So he's still, you know, um, quite tall, but, yeah, he was lowering down into that position. I don't know whether to move forward or just to hide. I don't know, but, yeah. So um, do the, you gra- think... the grass is quite tall, yeah. So do you think, I'm just wondering what gave you the the spider movement impression. Was there room for it just to squat down? But you you, you seem to think it, it it spread its arms and legs out uh, horizontally, like that spider yeah. crab position. Yeah. See, I could see his the shoulders initially, and then the arms go out, and then um, going down. So when he's Initially, going to that, you can, you can see the stance, like you can see the shoulders and arms move, and you can see the stance, and it's going, and then it goes down. So he was kind of like also trying, like it wasn't just a quick movement. He was also, he I think, seen the torch, and then the torch has gone, um, and he couldn't quite get down in time. Like he didn't want to make any noise or. Yeah, we got him kind of in the process of going down to that spider position, or maybe he was going to lay down. I don't know. Um, I don't know whether he wanted to move or whether he wanted to just lower himself down and lay flat. Did yeah, you, it was. Did you? Scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It would have been really <laughs> scary. Did you yeah. get a, a in that in that bright torchlight? Did you get a flash of colour? Like what colour was he? Um, lighter than the other one. It was a different different chap than the other one. It was a more lighter colour. 
by not by much, but it was it not black like the other one was just straight up black. It was dark, dark brown or black. This one was probably brown, I would say, a uh, different color. And then the other guy over to the that was kind of encroaching from the left, he was black. So maybe that was the old mate from the other week. I don't know. I get the impression it's a family and they want to be let. They kind of don't mind us walking. Um, so, yeah, sorry to keep jumping ahead with that. that that's okay. Uh, yeah. That's okay. Um, yeah. So, so when you see this being lowering itself, again, yep. you, you couldn't make out any facial features? No, because it's still 50 metres away. I often wonder with people that tell experiences where they, ha- they can seem to recall great detail from that distance because I'm thinking, like, you can, I, you, I, you can see them, but you can't make out, like, face colour. Like, you've got to be pretty close to see that, like... I don't understand how some people can see so much detail because from the 50 metres or so that where I was, um, you can make out, like I said, the, the, you can make out the shape and it's, you know, the hair. But um, as far as the face goes, I am pretty sure my torch is too bright and they look away from it is all I can think. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of. Or I'm just not picking there too far away for me to see. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I'm not entirely sure about the features um, because, like I said, he's he's already most of the way down and then, like I said, his head was kind of disappearing as we come back. So that's why we up and left. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was just laying down or or she, I don't know, was just laying down and the other one was just, you know, providing... Uh, cover, you could say, on the left. Oh, they could have been stalking us. I, I don't, I'm not sure, but I didn't want to stick around because I couldn't see. Well, once once you see them and then they vanish, it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they go? Yeah. <laughs> Where is he? Like, it's, it's a very, um, you know, in, in the movies where, like, they start walking towards it to see it better, it's like, I've seen this too many times in the movies. I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. So, so with the other one yeah. that you noticed that was flanking you, what were what yes. were they doing? Were they walking? Were they moving? Yeah, he was. He was. Well, he was walking slowly. Not to so. I mean, as it, he was kind of walking so as not to make noise because it is there's a lot of sticks and stuff. So I only saw him very briefly, but he was only walking slowly i only saw a couple of steps and the uh, a little bit of movement in the arm um and then yeah he kind of moved behind a tree and i couldn't see him unless i kept moving my head out more and he kind of disappeared as well so both of them kind of disappeared on me us i should say that's what i'm saying me it was me and my brother and we both yeah we decided to get out of there and we couldn't. We turned around. I turned around a couple of times, and afterwards, and shined my torch, and I, I couldn't see anything in the in the big clearing. So I thought, okay. So. So this was in the, the was same. This was in the same spot as the last yep. one. Yep, so, sitting on the same bench, pretty yeah. much. Right. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking they habituate certain areas, um, and obviously because we. 
the food we give them over time, we give them all sorts of stuff. We give them peanuts, trail mix, dry apricots. On one time, we gave them a bag of lollies. Oh, God, don't um, do that too often. The, the uh, we sugar's poison. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. We just thought, oh, I wonder if they like a bag of lollies. Um, well, they'd well, like I, them, I but their, think... their teeth probably wouldn't appreciate them or their, their well, metabolism. Yeah. The, the, the food we leave, I try and think of healthy food that they can't get. Like they can get meat, they can get, you know, berries and that kind of stuff. They can't get dried apricots. You know, they can't get a bag of peanuts or a bag of trail mix or they can't. Sometimes we leave um, bread with um, GM or peanut butter on it every now and then. Not often though because... I don't want, you know, this, you know, I don't want to put any, I want to avoid sugar. Well, it's it's sugar but, and it's also all the preservatives and junk that's yeah, in our processed yeah. food, including, including processed bread and processed jam and peanut yeah, butter. Yeah. There's so much extra crap that we ridiculously put into all of our food that you are risking making them quite ill because yep. then their bodies aren't used to all the junk that, that we eat. I re- really recommend using marbles as gifts or crystals yep. or children's toys, but maybe not too plasticky, um, yep. you know, uh, a, a mirror or a comb or something, because they don't really need us to feed them. Uh, they've got all no, their, no. Their, their food sources. And I, I do I hear so many stories of people giving them or leaving them out cakes and biscuits and uh, lollies yep. and, and I, th- I hear a lot of Americans doing that and I'm thinking to oh, myself, God, don't oh, do yeah. it. Basically we just think of healthy food that they can't get and it's it's a, it's strictly a gifting thing. It's only once a week or twice, at most twice a week that we leave the food for them and that's purely a gift because oh, I respect them and I respect nature and that's our... Um, you know, I don't want to be going in there with thermal cameras and night vision and making a big. Like, I don't want to disturb them, so I just want to gift them some food as a, you know, a um, respect thing. And then, like you said, with the uh, marbles and stuff. Now that you mentioned it, I'll go down to the op- I mean, the two dollar shop and get some marbles, and I'll just leave them under the tree where we gift them food. Because we just put food in a bag and they take the food out of the bag and leave the bag there and then we take the bag and put a fresh one up so there's no rubbish left around. That's that's that's, that's, that's basically the gifting side of it and we do that because we, we like to walk down there and after I, you'll understand why after I take you for the next thing here on the sun nights, I tell my brother, it's like, let's just keep our torches on the track tonight and just, just go for a walk because, you know, it's a nice walk. It's just the right size, and you know, I just let's just not shine the torch in everywhere we can. You know, let's just go for a walk, not a a mission. You know, I don't want to. Um, I'll tell you about the, the third um, sighting we had, and this one was short, but definitely more exciting. We we're walking along the track, my. Brother, yet again, he said, I don't know what it is with this guy. He's like a magnet. He was trying his torch into on the left-hand side where it's basically where we are. It's basically just tall grass there. 
and there's some trees, but they're pretty sparse in the it's part of property and whatever and so it's pretty sparse, but he likes to shine his torch around and um he's shining his torch and he's kind of just stopped on something for no reason. He didn't see anything, he just stopped his torch and then I shine my torch. So whenever he stops, I like to illuminate this thing. So and then I've turned my torch on and no joke, this and now the this galley has popped up and this one was more of a grey colour. He's popped up and I and he's just bolted and I have never ever seen anything move so fast in my life. It was he went from he would have ran I don't know, he just was just like a flash almost. He he popped up from the grass and just bolted like forty meters and then he was just gone and he ran it in like a second or two seconds. He was just it he was like a flash and it was like he glided. It was unbelievable. We we almost fell over because it was so like we didn't see anything we were shining our torch, but maybe he thought we had busted him or at, well, I don't know why I say bust, but he might have thought we had seen him and he's taken off. There's, there's no cover there. There's just grass. So we just basically saw a dark gray, <clears throat> a dark gray flash just run straight across this paddock and then he's disappeared into some trees. So we've seen that and that we that was like the first encounter all over again we our hearts were pumping we oh my god you see he was it's like he glided across the paddock and my hearing's not very good my brothers he he heard some light thump 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 thumps like legs because at the time i thought huh maybe it was a kangaroo but then when i thought back on i'm like no kangaroos don't glide and then when we went back the next day, I didn't realize that the grass there is up to my chin. So, yeah, the next day we figured out that um, he was probably, you know, the grass came up to my chest and I'm estimating his height or, or she. I didn't see this time, though. I noticed how, like, it was not slim, but very, like, he, I could make out um and i'm quoting other people here he was a fine specimen is what i'm trying to say um the arms and funnily enough the arms didn't move a great deal as he ran but the grass that was up to my chest again was only up to basically his balls i would say sorry for, but it was that's where they would have reached was his balls and that height because i could see i could make out the whole upper body and his arms kind of moved a little bit but not much but he basically just glided straight across us and then gone like it behind a tree and yeah it was pretty quick but it was also very intense as well because when when people say like the alien encounters were very like static like they were it didn't move much this one was like he was bolting as quick as he could and it was like breathtaking it was so fast it was literally breathtaking it was yeah 
really this this play this spot is just I don't know how to explain it. It's like a um once you've seen one, it's like this Pandora's box opens and you can't stop having experiences. It's crazy. I would never have thought I thought, oh, I'm gonna be one of those people that loves them and wants to see one and I never will. And now when we go for walks, it's like, let's just keep our torch on the track, eh? <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, that 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 encounter was well, we didn't know what to do, like, because he was running away from us. So we, we didn't we kind of just walked quickly out of there. But um, that had us talking as well, um, uh, trying to figure out what exactly what we had seen. So with this sighting, you you guys uh-huh. are just walking and gone for yep. your usual evening walk and yep. this yaoi popped up from the grass. So, do you think it was lying yep. on the grass or crouched down or something, and then it just stood up quickly? Um, I couldn't see. I, I I didn't know we had put our torches on one. He was literally in the wrong place at the wrong time. My brother doesn't. He didn't. He hadn't seen anything when he stopped his torch, and I hadn't seen anything either. We didn't see anything until he popped up. So I couldn't say he was either. I think he may, he was maybe crouching, or he, he was definitely watching us. I know that much because clearly he's in the bushes watching us, just keeping an eye, just making sure we're not, you know. And that's why I think it's a family because of the way they kind of keep watch, but don't they don't really encourage us to look for them. And that's why we leave the food. But um, yeah, he was. I'm assuming he was watching us, just keeping an eye, and just sheer dumb luck. My brother's shined his torch, and I've put mine on, and he's thought, "Oh, I'm I've been made," and he's taken off fifty meters, sixty meters in about two seconds flat. Not even. He, it was just up and then gone, like just click, like. And you didn't was, see you didn't see like a human being moves. They kind of bob up and down a little bit when they walk. So yeah, he, this wasn't the case. No, he no. It was like like I said, it was like he was gliding, and it makes me wonder about their feet. They must run different to humans. After seeing that, I'm pretty sure their feet are different to ours and their leg structure because I. Barely saw the legs moving, except they were probably the um they were they were mostly the grass. So the, the grass being five or you know, up to five foot tall, I could only really see um, from like I said the nuts up. So the legs and arm movements were very minimal, but it was such quick movement. It's not the first time I've heard. Uh, one that people describe them running as gliding, but also that yeah. there's not a whole lot of arm movement, like a human being no. when running would pump their arms. But I have exactly. heard, yeah. I have heard before people report that the, the there was minimal arm movement, and that the the being appeared to glide. The movement was so smooth, so unlike yeah. a human being, that they exactly. glide. Well, if you look at their feet, the the tracks that that people find all over the world, but if we, if we concentrate on Australia, the, the many, many tracks that have been found in Australia, the, the, yep. they're, 
uh, humanoid, but not human feet. They've got a very different foot structure. Yeah. They've got the mid-tarsal yeah. break in the middle of the foot, so the foot is more flexible. Uh, yeah. If you watch, um, if you've caught anything by Dr. Jeff Meldrum, the primatologist and, and expert oh, yeah, in... Yeah, and he's an expert in great ape anatomy and, and the evolution of bipedalism and, and lo- yeah. bipedal locomotion. And so he he goes into great detail, and I won't repeat all of it because I'm, I'm I don't I don't have his knowledge, and I'll mess it I was up. Looking up, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But but he talks about how the 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 feet when they walk are brought much is much more of a kick up, like the foot gets higher to their backsides than than ours do. They lean forward quite a lot more. It, it's like there is it isn't. It isn't a human structure. There are differences. No, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah. From what I've seen, all three encounters, their body moves like I couldn't replicate the spider movement either. I would not be able to replicate where his arms were. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that. Like I'm just like I've been to the gym a fair bit, and I wouldn't be able to put my arms out like that and lower myself down. It's too. It would require too much strength and. Yeah, with the guy, with the one that was walking, basically no movement. I could just tell he was getting closer. And the final, the third encounter where he was, he was gliding. Like that's the only way I can say it is he just basically glided with very, very minimal arm and leg movement. And yeah, he was just so fast that we could, if if I had a say twice the length to watch him you know maybe i would have seen more but um yeah it's just not like a human at all and it makes me think that maybe their upper half is is kind of human but then you've got the no neck thing as well so um when when, when, when they look they move their whole body so Yes, yes, that's that is reported um, that when they they turn around and look maybe into the right maybe when they're running, maybe their body is kind of like maybe we're a lot more flexible in 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 a, in a way, and they're kind of like limited in their movement, and they can't actually move their limbs like we do. And like you said about the kicking up towards their bum, that might be a thing as well because that would explain why I didn't see much leg movement because of how tall the grass is. If he's moving his legs, then it's probably if you look at um. Have you seen that really funny video where they have the angle of the leg when they uh, of Patty when she walks and yes the human one have you seen that funny video yes yeah well it's like that like with the um how Patty walks if you look how she walks with the the angle going the foot going backwards somehow and then somehow going forwards it, it's a very that's why I've seen it myself now it's like it makes sense that it if you look at how Patty walked, if she was had grass up to her up to her um, crotch region, you wouldn't see her leg move. Basically, it was all my, basically all the lower legs, and this is this is the same. I didn't see much movement at all in the arms and upper body or the head. It was just gone, you know. Do you think it looked in your direction, or was it looking where it was going away from you? I think he was looking at us and then the movement was just up and I th- I'm trying to think if he was 
moving like to, like on an angle from us or not. But yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, it was dark and it was very unexpected and it was very quick and it was yeah, very. Jeez, oh, it wasn't scary. It was just we were very taken aback. Actually, we kind of didn't know what to. You know, but then the next day we, we like I said, we we went and found the grass and where we could see a big patch that was flattened down, and then we found because this grass, there's no cattle there, and we could see where it, there had been it had been flattened, probably a meter and a half or so apart, and then yeah, if it was kangaroos and that they they destroy an area. So it was kangaroos, the grass would have been destroyed. Yeah, the next day we definitely confirmed, yep, yeah, it was, you know, with the length of the grass and what we found. And, yeah, we found some um, sticks out there as well that had no reason, had no, there's no reason for those sticks to be out there. You know, there was no trees around. So, and then a lot of tree breaks on that side was, yeah. And it was in, over the fence, and there's a private property, and then there's a creek a bit further on. So I think they follow the creek a lot. There's a there's a creek that runs along the western edge of the town, and then it comes through the middle of our town, and it actually splits the town right up the middle. So yeah, um, I actually think they follow that creek kind of thing and move around at night. And there's also a train tracks going through the middle of town which they lead out to the middle of nowhere so it yeah my thinking is they move there's a group that move through this area and um you know um i think i don't know you are you familiar with cam buckner with who uh okay uh dixie cryptid oh dixie cryptid yeah. yes yep. yeah yeah he the uh, the movie him the documentary he made called trackways yeah i haven't where, i don't think i've seen it Oh, okay. Well, basically, the the short version is these guys that he went out with have they can predict where the Sasquatch will be at what time of year because they study their movements um, through evidence and seeing them in person. And that's the same thing we've done. Is we've kind of me, my brother and I, he's and by myself as well. I did a lot of walking by myself. Um, yeah, it's it, to me. It seems like they move through this area in a like a. They go from here to there one night, and then they move to a new area, and then they they come back around probably every two or three days. They seem to when we put food up, it's usually every second or third day that food will go pretty much like clockwork, and but we don't go every night like we used to because honestly, we're a little bit. <laughs> After the last encounter, we were like, oh, God, like it, you know, um, <laughs> we've been down there, but it's just some nights you just think, oh, I'm not in the mood. For, I'm really not in the mood to have a heart attack tonight, <laughs> you know. Yeah, what I'm Because that, that one that, that ran, it, it gave me a fright. Not on scared, but it gave me a real fright when he jumped up and ran. And it's just like, just not tonight, please. Like, I just want to. We could just walk through the town, but that's boring. So <laughs> um, we like to leave the food, like I said. So, yeah. Okay. So um, shall we shall we move on to 
the UFO experience that you had? Yeah, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll, that's a relatively, that's a relatively quick one, but it's also, um, this is probably the clearest experience. I mean, and it also makes me wonder what I've done because I've, I've also got a paranormal thing that I'll um, tell you afterwards. It's very brief. When I was about six or seven, we'd gone and picked my, um, I'm up from uh, the airport, the Melbourne airport, um, Tullamarine. Tullamarine, yeah. So this is back in the 90s when um, Mikulam and all that was just paddocks. And uh, we went and picked her up and her flight got in at night time. Not sure what time. I can't remember. I was only seven or six or seven, so I can't give you much detail about time and all that. But we were driving down Mickleham Road, and I remember Mickleham Road because my dad used to drive down there a lot to get to, you know, when I played football, we used to take that road. Uh, we were driving along, and I've looked out my window, and I'm in the back left, and I've looked out my window and kind of noticed something, and I've looked up, and probably I'd estimate it was, I don't know, 60 or 70 metres up in the air perhaps a hundred, I don't know, but I noticed um, very clearly a, a, a large square, it was square but rounded. Uh, maybe uh, I'm going right back here. It would have been maybe 10 to 15 metres these sides uh, in, in length. So, or maybe 20, I don't, it was a long time ago, but it was a, a light grey thing and Thinking back, the remarkable thing is it was in the middle of the night, so I have no idea how I could see it so clearly because there was no light. It was dark. There was no moon, and it, it didn't have any lights on it, but I could see it clearly. It was a light grey colour, and it was a portal. I could sit, All I could see was underneath and part of one side. I'm sitting here motioning in my to myself. Why am I doing that? Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking over my shoulder and then tell my parents, hey, there's a UFO following us. And they're like, oh, it's just a plane, which is a reasonable response for an adult talking to a child near an airport, you know. <laughs> I could totally see why they said, is this a plane? I'm like, yeah, but planes aren't that shape. And they're like, no, it's just a plane. I'm like, if you say so. And I'm looking back and forward, like looking at it going, hmm, but it's a square shape. And then... I was looking at it for a while. I couldn't tell you how long. And eventually I've gone to my parents. So I've gone, I've turned around to them and gone, would you just bloody look? And I was only six or seven. So that really shocked them. And they looked and it was gone. So that disturbs me for a number of reasons. Um, <laughs> first one being, how could I see it so clearly with no light source? Because it was the middle of the night and it had no flashing lights on it. The only feature it had was a circle, like a portal underneath. And it was, yeah, a rounded shape. And um, it, the craft seemed to know that, that it was going to be looked at by my parents because when, no, my stepmom looked and it, I looked and it had vanished um, in the five to ten seconds that I kind of, I started remonstrating with my parents, like, you need to bloody look at it. It's right there. And in that time, I don't know whether they're telepathic or what, but they vanished, they cloaked, they flew off, I don't know, but they were gone. 
And uh, it just kind of the, the the thing that disturbs me most is like, why me? Like, why did they let me see them? Like, they had to have known if they knew when to leave for my parents. Why would they let me see them? And you know, um, I have a lot of lucid dreams about aliens too. Very distant, not not disturbing, but just every now and then, paralysis dreams and stuff. But nothing really, you know, worth reporting on. Yeah, my whole life I've kind of been, I don't know, part, like not, like I, you know some people that are very, very in tune with their spirituality. It's like it's like there's levels of that. Like I'm definitely, the stuff that's happened to me and what I've seen and heard and felt. Going through the pillager for the first time, I had no idea, but at the part, the next part I mentioned it. To the person and they're like yeah that was the pillager that's why you felt so strange because i went through the pillager without knowing what it was and i felt weird the whole time going through there and we got to is the coon of barabran on the north or is it it's in Narrow the south. on the north Narrow okay yeah so the yeah so we were going from north from we were going from south to north so is it narrow on the north side um yeah not north or, yeah east i think yeah, so we got there, and and I mentioned it to the pub publican there, and I said, "Yeah, that was that's the pillager. No wonder you felt weird there. It's a really weird place. Don't ever ever stop there overnight, ever under any circumstances." And I'm like, "Oh, okay," because I felt really weird the whole way through, and that's why I'm like, I kind of feel that energy and stuff, and yeah, you know. So that was my UFO encounter. You mentioned it was a grey shape. I mean, could you see windows? No, no, that's the thing. It was, um, it was a square, and a bit. It was rounded, like it wasn't. It wasn't angular. It was square, but like a like a smooth square, if that makes sense. Like where, it, like it was like kind of circular, kind of like a when you blow up raft the rescue. Um, boats, you know how when you blow them up and they 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 poke out, they when you put it, you inflate them. Yes, it was kind of yeah. like that shape, like it was rounded, and then it was like a sharp corner, and then rounded for the yeah, it was, and then the I could clearly see a portal as well, which I hope they weren't planning to suck me up in because that would be very very disturbing. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I don't know if I want that kind of experience. I'm not. I'm not sold on aliens and being abducted by them, to be honest. Oh, you know, yeah. I kind of knew I wanted to see a Yowie, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to be abducted by aliens either. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, um, well, funnily enough, the dude asked the uh, at a convention, he asked the room full of people that had been abducted if they would like to be abducted again, and he said three quarters put their hand up, so... I think yeah. a lot of, not all experiences, some experiences of, of um, people who've been abducted are quite positive. They, they don't have a bad time. They, they have a, they have a, a, a yeah. benevolent yeah, so energy to them. Um, there are others yeah. that do have a really negative energy to them. But Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and, yeah, um, I, I guess I'm not, it's interesting, it is interesting that you could see it but then it, it disappeared as soon as you mentioned it to your parents. Yeah, well, and that was with my stepmom and my dad and my actual my my mother, my blood mother, which well, is not with us anymore. Um, now back in the before me, so back in the eighties, 
her and a group of her, her friends were sitting in their car um, having a um, I, they were smoking the green stuff in in a, in a car and someone's one of them has gone is, is there a UFO hovering over the school or is that just me and they the whole car of them swear that they saw this enormous UFO hovering over the primary school the town primary school they swear on their life they well she, and my mother did for sure she said yeah, that she had seen one I told her about it and she said yeah well I saw so that's why like it kind of runs into family almost you know she had seen one over the primary school you know clear as day kind of like me I saw it clear as day and she just always wondered why why did it let you know why was it there why did it allow us to see it you know what's yeah. Well, it, so, could, it could be that you have been taken, but you don't remember it. Well, I hope not, but I'm not going I'm not going to go and do hypnotherapy because I'm just not sure that, yeah, I, some of those hypnotherapists kind of guide the answers in it. I don't like the way they guide the answers. Um, You've got to get a good one for sure. Particularly, yeah, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And I wouldn't want any kind of, um, any kind of, exposure on that one i wouldn't want to talk about that on the phone or nothing <laughs> that'd be very private i imagine yeah so that was my ufo encounter and that was my mum's ufo encounter and i think just about everyone i know has has seen one a friend of mine and this is becoming more common and a friend of mine he came straight to me when he had seen it well not straight he lives a couple of hours away but when he came back to visit he came straight to me and told me that he had he was what he was outside watching an eagle, and he had seen a a white circular UFO come out of the clouds and kind of sit there for a while, and he thought he got the feeling it was looking at him, and then it it, it just took off at an unbelievable speed, and he said it was just a what well, was it was really really far away. It was like basically just a really it uh, just a a white circular thing and it just took off not like a bird it was way up in the clouds and it just gone another friend of mine seen the min min lights her car was min min lights just about everyone i know's got stuff to happen to them you know when when you when you build a level of trust with people they um it's pretty much everyone in my family's you know my, my older brother is super sensitive with ghosts he hates it but it's actually more common than you would imagine. You, you, I find that uh, once you once you know someone and you ask questions yeah. in the right way, so many people. If I, I would, I couldn't give once you stats, they, but I'd say up, the yeah. the majority of people I talk to have had some kind of experience, some kind of paranormal experience, whether it be uh, with ghosts or shadow people, whether it be with ETs yeah. and UFOs or with Yowies or some other kind yeah. of entity. Uh, most people I talk to have had some kind of experience. I I haven't told many people about what I've seen, probably less than 10 in, you know, family. Even family don't really, you know, believe you sometimes. I've told very few people, but, you know, the only reason I'm on the phone now is because, I, well, one is I've noticed the definite lack of, um, encounters on a the AYR 
and all that. I've, there's a lack of encounters in Victoria. And by mentioning Mount Disappointment and the Talarook Ranges, I can give people that live like in central Victoria that, yes, they are around because I've just noticed a definite lack of um, reports in Victoria on yeah. YouTube and stuff. There's plenty in the on the on the site, the AYR site, but there's not much on YouTube for Victoria. So, oh, and I, before I I did have a a paranormal encounter recently. Yeah. What um, well, here's the thing. I, I got up at about three, four in the morning to go to the loo, sitting on the toilet, and something has rattled the door handle of my house like it's trying to get in. And this is a common thing that's happened to us lately. Uh, no, sorry, since I moved in, we were having someone bash on the door and I actually was prepared for this because it kept happening. I thought we live near a pub, and I'm, but I'm thinking three, four in the morning doesn't seem right. Even for people being silly, like why would they keep knocking on our door? Like it just seems stupid. So one night I come like I was ready and I was awake and it bash, bash, bash on the door and I come flying out the door as quick as I could and nothing, no one there. And I had my torch and everything, nothing, no one. And then, yeah, I had this incident with the door handle rattling like someone was trying to get in and, and I'm thinking that's, got a, that, that's not a person doing that. Like who's going to be doing that at that time? Like we normally sleep with the – we used to sleep with the door unlocked, but not anymore. But I think that was – I got a very paranormal feeling off that one. Right. That's a bit scary. And, um, <laughs> yeah, to... my brother, he is very – like he used to live in a very old house and he hated it because it was so haunted. Um, this house, he's only ever said uh, – he's only had very minimal kind of feelings here, you know, and I haven't noticed much here at all, but – that doesn't mean that the land itself, you know, I've learned that ghosts or spirits can wander the, wander the land. Cause I'm thinking where's the Aboriginal ghosts, you know, like, <laughs> so yeah, potentially it's a spirit that's roaming around. I don't know, but he said one night he had black eyed children knock on his door. He opened his door, saw the black eyes and he just got his cross out and closed the door. And he's like, Jesus Christ protects me from, oh my God. you know. That is like yeah. one of the scariest things yeah. you could possibly see in and, my opinion. Um, and I thought, where would he have seen that? Like, because he's got a disability and he can't read or write properly. Where, the, where would he have seen that? I've never come across that until he told me and I looked it up. Thank you so much for sharing those stories and reaching out and, and sharing no those really um, cool Yowie stories. And Victoria, that's great. Yeah, no, <laughs> thank you for um, giving me the time of day and listening. And it's been amazing. I really, really enjoy, yeah. Yeah, same. You keep me posted. And that was Daniel with his fascinating Yowie and UFO sightings. Daniel, I know you'll be listening. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for reaching out to me to share your story with me and with all of the Yowie Central listeners. And a big shout out to Daniel's daughter, Indy, who's also a huge fan of Yowie Central. Coming up after Christmas, 
Lots more Yowie stories and a captivating chat with a remarkable psychic medium healer named Karen. Karen is incredibly gifted psychically, and I mean blow your mind gifted, and she communicates with and sees Yowies and many other kinds of entities, including a leaf man and various different races of ETs. Such an interesting chat. I'll bring that to you early next year. That's all I've got for you today, folks. Yaoi Central will be back early in the new year. Don't forget, if you've seen a Yaoi or experienced something strange and mysterious that's blown your mind, we'd love to hear about it. And most likely it will help other people who have been through traumatic, terrifying experiences feel not so alone and encourage them to come forward and share their stories. Get in touch with me via yaoiessential at gmail.com or you can get in touch with me via private message on Messenger. I've also got a Yowie Central Instagram account and a Twitter account. Have a beautiful festive season, my friends. Be kind to yourselves. I'm sending you all a big warm energy hug. I'll catch you next year. Something's lurking at the edge of the park People be warned, people beware There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair Hear him cry, hear him howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul They call him Sasquatch of your diamond ring your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime when you're sucking the blood right out of your spine sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.